0: The content of CPR Unplugged is designed for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as mental health treatment or medical or mental health advice. Details such as names and locations may have been changed to protect individual privacy.
1: Hello and welcome to CPR Unplugged. I am your host, Jeff. If you notice the difference in the audio this week, it's because I'm joining you from my home office amid the COVID-19 pandemic. As Spain approaches the two-week mark since a strict shelter-at-home order was implemented, the country is still struggling with a high number of infections and deaths that have started to overwhelm the medical health system. In today's special episode of CPR Unplugged, we talked to three Spaniards in different parts of the country to get their perspective on the pandemic. Uh, The first person joining me is psychiatrist Monica. She is working in one of the main hospitals in the Spanish capital, Madrid. Monica, thanks for joining us today.
2: Hello. Yes, thank you for inviting me.
1: So how are you doing?
2: Well, fortunately, I'm fine. I'm not having symptoms yet. So that's okay.
1: What's the mood among medical staff at the hospital right now?
2: Well, a big part of the staff is exhausted especially those working with coronavirus, those in the emergency room, and in intensive care.
1: And We understand you work in an inpatient psychiatric unit at the hospital, as well as providing outpatient services. Um, How are services continuing for these patients, or how have things been disrupted?
2: At the time, our inpatient unit is open, But unfortunately, many other units in general hospitals here in Madrid had to close to attend coronavirus patients. On the other hand, our, our outpatients are contacted by phone by their therapists the day they had the appointment. And the psychiatric emergency teams are working 24 hours. In the general hospitals and in psychiatric hospitals.
1: Based on what you've seen so far during this pandemic, what advice would you give to anyone listening about what other countries could be facing or what people can do right?
3: Now?
2: Well, uh, I think this is not a simple flu, though 80% of cases are mild. But infection grows very fast. And at this point, the best thing to do is to stay home.
1: Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate the work that you're doing and thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Our next guest is Javier Ramos, a lead writer for the satirical newspaper El Mundo Today and a movie script writer. He has been sheltering in place in a small apartment in Barcelona with his ex-wife for the past 11 days. Javier, thanks for joining us.
4: My pleasure. I'm not having much too lately, so I'm okay.
1: Now, Javier, I have to ask, how has sheltering in place with your ex-wife been
4: uh well the worst part is the confinement itself being with my ex-wife is not an issue because we got along very well and i think a lot of people will get the divorce after this pandemic is over so i'm fine
1: humor is always one of the best ways to deal with adversity how do you think your newspaper has helped during this pandemic
4: uh, well it definitely helps me Because thinking about jokes and writing them down is a great way of being entertained. So I consider myself very fortunate to be working on that. And if our satirical newspaper is helping others to deal with this situation, I really cannot say. Though it's true that many readers thank us on the social media, but it's impossible to know if we're actually helping them at all. I hope so, because there's not much else I could do for them, but... (laughs) I hope
1: so. I think it's absolutely helping. I think that in times like this, things get so serious and so heavy that you really need those uplifting and just funny, (laughs) lighthearted breaks in your day. So Barcelona is known for its incredible nightlife, bars, restaurants. It's a big tourist spot. What's the city like right now?
4: I work writing at home so my life hasn't changed that much but I guess that people with an actual social life are missing all this action but yeah right now the streets are empty you can only get out to buy groceries or drugs i mean the legal ones a few other primary services are open of course but there is most is mostly a ghost town right now most of people are working from home or not working at all so it's, it seems this is going to last for three or more weeks, so that city is empty, completely empty.
1: So what happens right now if you decide to go for a walk around town or, or leave your apartment?
4: Well, I'll be insulted by the people looking their houses. And they will yell at me uh, from their windows. And I will probably be arrested by the police because you can only go out to walk your dog, buy groceries, or... Going to work in a hospital or one of the few places that remain open. So yeah, police will find you, and I believe the fines go from six hundred euros to half a million or something like that. So for now on, I will stay at home and watch some Netflix. That
1: sounds like a good plan. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's interesting that you mentioned there is not just police enforcing this, but society
4: as a whole everyone's kind of keeping everybody else accountable yeah i am not completely in favor of that of yelling to people that are in the streets because most of them are going to their hospitals where they work or something like that but but yeah actually people are yelling (laughs) if you if they see someone uh walking the streets Uh, it definitely
1: speaks to uh a sense of fear that people might be feeling right now, that that uh, tendency to kind of get angry as the way to cope with that fear or at least, you know, have something to do at least yelling is some kind of action but I agree with you, maybe maybe not the best response.
4: Yeah, there's something pretty cute that we're doing as every day at 8 o'clock in, in the afternoon uh, people get out, well, they go to the window and start clapping, they applaud the doctors and nurses and, you know, all the people that are working, they, every day we give them an applause. So okay. I think that's better than insulting the people walking in the street. <laughs> that's amazing. That is so
1: heartwarming to hear. Very, very cool. Well, thank you for joining us, Javi. I really appreciate it.
4: Oh, no, my pleasure. Thank you.
1: Finally, we're going to talk to an American living in a small village in the Northwest of Spain, Cuso. This village of a couple hundred people is at particular risk due to the mean age of its population, well over 60. Hi, Carmen. Thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you for inviting me.
1: What's the mood like in your village right now?
3: Well, this is a small village. We're about 500 people here. The houses aren't too close to each other. So. We don't see each other too much anyway. The only thing you miss is not seeing maybe cars pass by or walking uh, when you go walk the dog or just walk around to see other people. But it hasn't changed much. It's a small village.
1: Have there been any reported cases there?
3: Not that I know of. I've talked to some of our neighbors and nobody knows of any. I don't think so. A uh, man died the first Sunday we were closed in, but he died of something else that had nothing to do with it. And of course, there was no funeral, no, no mass, no nothing. They just buried him. That was sad. That's a sad part of this confinement.
1: That is sad. It's hard to mm. um, come to terms with those things. Even something as small as hugging right now with social distancing, not even being able to hug each other. It's- Very different experience. Right. Is uh, access to food or other essentials difficult
3: for you right now? Not really. Uh, The closest uh, town, because over here in the village, there's no stores, and we have to go down to the closest town, which is five minutes away by car. And the uh, the small uh, grocery stores are open. a, A marketplace with fresh fruit and fresh fish and meat. And, uh, well, you have to wait uh, a line, you have to maintain the distance with people, you have to wear gloves and all this, but well, it's not really that hard. I try to go the least possible once a week or twice a week as much, as too much, but uh, you find most things and it's not really that hard.
1: I know something that's been coming up for people is, um, cooking. A lot of people are not great at cooking and they kind of rely on those, um, microwave meals or things like that. Uh, how are you with cooking, Carmen?
3: Well, I always cooked, so that's, hasn't changed. Uh, I'm here with my husband, my son, and my grandson, and I cook for them and I clean and, well, I'm busy all day. I really don't, uh. get bored i miss going out of course and visiting people in my pilates classes and things like that oh well we just have to hold on and wait and see what happens hope it's fast but we never know
1: absolutely and i think that's good advice in general is to keep busy find things that you can do around the house um and i'm glad Uh to hear that you and your family are still enjoying home cooked meals
3: (laughs) oh yes i've always cooked uh i don't like to buy uh, cook the meals that you put in the microwave or something. No, I rather make my own food and that's what I still do. And in that sense, nothing changed. We're the same as always.
1: What is a, uh, comfort food meal that you would make for your family right now?
3: The paella I make sometimes, which is all like, or my husband makes, um, barbecue chicken or things like that. But like usually anything I make is okay, we all eat fine. My grandson is gonna be four years old and he runs around, we have the yard and he's always hungry and he's well and he sleeps well and that makes me happy, okay, already.
1: All right, so even though we are physically further apart right now, I'm seeing people come together in solidarity and mutual support in ways that I have never seen before. The human spirit is fierce and beautiful with the capacity to endure and grow through unbelievable challenges. So for everyone listening out there, stay safe, reach out, keep in touch. Not literally, though. And until next time, take care.
0: Got questions or ideas for the podcast? Or perhaps you have your own story to share? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at com or call 602-281-7795. You can also find us online at cprpodcast.podbean.com or wherever you prefer to find your podcasts. CPR Unplugged was produced by Crisis Preparation and Recovery, Inc. The intro and outro music was created by Rob Wilson. The CPR podcast team includes Tamara Lamontine, Ben Edwards, Laura Kaufman, Rob Wilson, and Michael Magarinos. Special thanks to Jason Spisak for technical support.